1: Good morning and welcome along to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. I'm your host Frankie McKay, and as always I've got producer Jacob alongside me steering the ship and we're going to talk all things Canterbury Sport and... Well, we are still here because I can confirm. Sadly, we aren't the Lotto winners. We have not won 33.5 million dollars. I wish it was me, Merivale, Fresh Choice in Christchurch. They sold the ticket and they're still waiting for someone to come and claim it. So, Jacob, I have to ask to start the morning off. How would you be spending it? What would be on your wish list? Uh, well, my first, I was I was initially thinking, oh, you know, buy a couple of private planes maybe jets but then i'd need mm. I, th- I don't think i can afford that with 33 million right so i've scaled down to a super yacht and i'm just going to travel the world i think with my entire family i'm going to tell them they never have to work another day in their lives and just go on a massive expedition across the world i love that how extravagant this like i'm going to scale down to a super yacht i love it <laughs> i think I think what I would go for is I'm going house. That's probably the first thing I just need to be sensible about. I'd love to like fully cut out a home gym. That'd be pretty cool. I think I might just travel the world and go to sporting events, you know, tick off the ashes. You could have a little couple of days at Wimbledon, Tour de France, throw some travel in around that. It'd be lovely. And honestly, I think I'm hiring a personal chef. Oh, I think is, that's, that's cool. what I'm – that's that's where I'm headed. That and you know my family can come live with me. That's fine, and we just never have to cook again, which which will be great. That's that's what I'm all about. So, yeah, that would be how I'd spend my winnings. If you are the person that bought a ticket at Miraval Fresh Choice, just check it out. You might be you might be thirty three and a half million dollars richer plenty of sport going on in the world there's plenty of sport going on at home as well of course we've got the first all blacks test coming out the black ferns they're in action again over the weekend and mata to start lucy jenkins is poised to make her debut so that'll be a good one to keep an eye on the white ferns are obviously in sri lanka at the moment the ashes as we've talked about tour de france but there's heaps of there's heaps of sporting and not so sporting events going on locally as well and and what have we got going on in Canterbury, you ask? Well, we have got a heap. It is the Illuminate Light and Sound Show Christchurch that's running uh, right until Sunday night. That's from 5.45 to 9pm out at Ferrymead Heritage Park. Uh, that Tickets range from $12.50 to $48.00. The court jesters, they are back in action. What Lotus, and that's not me saying it wrong, that is what it's c- called, uh, what will unfurl at Kiwi Batch-turned-luxury-Airbnb? What Lotus? Laughs guaranteed. Survival of all motel guests is not. Again, that's 8pm tonight. You can check that out at the Court Theatre. Tickets are 20 to $25. It's school holidays still. Yes, there'll be some parents who are starting to struggle with that, I know. Kids Fest, though, is running activities all the way through the school holidays, right until the end. So check it out. Uh, there's various locations all around Christchurch, events ranging from free to $100. You've got everything in between to keep your kids occupied. And of course, Te Mai. that gets started. The Lights Festival, you've got punting on the Avon to go with it. Uh, that's running in the evenings Uh Seventh to ninth of July, five to eight pm, and then the next weekend it'll be the thirteenth to the fifteenth, five to eight again, and that kicks off at the boat sheds, sixty dollars a head, and a couple of fun things as well, speed cubing. Yeah, that's Rubik's Cubing. It's the South Island Speed Cubing Champs this weekend, 9.30 till 6, both Saturday and Sunday at Cashmere High School. So go check that out if that spins your wheels. And the Chatham Cup and the Kate Shepherd Cup, they're both underway. Chatham Cup action in Christchurch. Cashmere Tech taking on Christchurch United tomorrow afternoon, 2pm at Garrick Memorial Park. And we've got to give a little shout-out to Coastal Spirit Women's side. They're through to the quarterfinals at the Kate Shepard Cup. Their match is tomorrow down in a chilly Dunedin against the Dunedin City Royal. So a big good luck to them. And of course, closer to home, we've got heaps of club sport going on. It's finally finals time in the Metro Premier Rugby Comp. We'll get all the info on that from Donny Bell around 7.30 this morning. And don't you worry, we'll also talk All Blacks. We'll have Brian Ashby on near the end of the show and he will give us everything you could possibly be thinking about that All Blacks test. But uh, from us, that's, I guess that's the lay of the land. That's where we stand first thing in the morning. There's plenty happening, plenty going on. And, of course, that includes the White Ferns seeking a little bit of revenge in the T20 series after ODI series defeat to Sri Lanka for the first time. We will have a quick break, and then we'll be joined by one of the best performers of that tour for New Zealand so far, Canary legend, Leah Tohu. Plenty of cricket being played worldwide at the moment, including our White Ferns over in Sri Lanka. Ahead of the T20 series starting today, we're joined by Canterbury and White Ferns fast bowler, Leah Tahuhu. Leah, thanks for joining us. How are you and and how's the team tracking ahead of that first T20? Thanks
0: for having me. Um, yeah, look, it's it's going good over here. Um, we had a, a practice match um, the other day leading into the T20, so it was nice to, I guess, put a few different
1: combinations out there moving into mm-hmm. T20 mode, and um, it was a good hit out for everyone. And how are you finding conditions? I mean, it's it's not necessarily first choice country, I wouldn't imagine, for quick bowlers, but uh, it seems it's not stopping you taking wickets and, and being pretty economical with it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, look, I think we probably expected um, some different conditions heading over, but we've, I guess we've been served up some absolute batting dreams. Um, some real roads out there, you would have liked them, Frankie, that's for sure. Um, but <laughs> yeah, look, I think we need to change our plans and, and adapt as we've gone. But um, personally, been been going all right with the ball. It's always nice to be picking up wickets and sort of contributing where you can to the team. But um, I think going into the, the T20s will... Obviously, have a new pitch here in Colombo, so we'll have to have a look at that today when we, we go to the ground for our um, first training at the at the actual main stadium um, and sort of assess conditions there and see what we can um, look to put in place for the game.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's not somewhere that many of the team have, have actually played before, travelled to before. I, I don't think anyone's been in the past decade. So has it felt like it's been a real kind of learning experience, opportunity to, to just gain some experience in conditions like that?
0: Yeah, it definitely has been, I think. We've obviously got a really young um, bowling group, sort of, I guess, minus myself and Hannah Rowe, but neither of us have have travelled to these conditions before. Um, So it has certainly been a a real learning experience, and I think um, that's going to be really valuable for us heading forward. We've obviously got some World Cups next year in in the subcontinent conditions, and then the year after in India as well. So um, it's been good to, I guess, expose everyone to these conditions and sort of see where we need to improve in the next 12 to 24 months.
1: And have you had the chance to get out and do some exploring, see the sights?
0: Uh, To be honest, we haven't too much, really. Um, We're in Gaul, obviously, for for 10 or 12 days, and we're pretty limited with what we could do there. And um, since we've been in Colombo, I dare say it's rained a lot. Um, So we haven't sort of been out and about too much, unfortunately. Hopefully, we'll be able to do a little bit in the next few days. But um, the game's come thick and fast now as well. So um, you're always looking to recover on days off instead of getting out and about too much.
1: Yeah, fair shout there, and it is monsoon season over there as well, so great planning for a cricket tour. But we have to touch on the one-day series, went down 2-1, and I would say courtesy of a couple of brilliant Chamari Atapatu innings, just, just how hard is she to bowl to when she's in form like that?
0: Yeah, look, she's obviously been in fantastic form, and... Um... You know, she is an incredibly talented player. So um, we just didn't adapt quick enough, I think. And, um, you know, that's something that we've talked a lot about, but it's now something that we actually need to to walk the walk instead of just talking the talk. So, um, you know, we've come up with some different plans for the T20s and, you know, I wouldn't say she's going to go any harder because she was going pretty hard at us in those one-day games anyway. So, um, yeah, look, it's sort of just trying to get out of her swing arc, to be honest, and um, we obviously know we need to take her wicket. It's a, a massive wicket, and then we can have a look at what their other batters are actually capable of, but we haven't really been able to to even get into that middle order, let alone the lower order yet. So um, certainly things we've had a, a lot of discussions over the last few days and put some plans in place in practice, and, and now it's about going out and, and delivering it in the games.
1: And you've actually had the chance to play a bit with Chamari as well, so what's she like? What's What's she like as a cricketer when she's in your own team, rather than just trying to blast everyone all over the park? Yeah, it's
0: obviously nicer if she is in your team. Um, Yeah, look, she's a great person, and I think she's an incredibly talented player. And, um, you know, I think their team obviously hold her in very high stead, and I think worldwide she's shown how much she can dominate any bowling attack. Um, She's had a couple of fantastic innings against the Australians and obviously a couple of fantastic innings against us over the last week. So... Yeah, look, she's a, she's a great person. A few of us actually went out for dinner with her last night. She took us to her, her favourite local restaurant here in Colombo. So, um, look, it's always nice to spend time with people off the pitch um, when you've played alongside them and, and that sort of thing. But um, by no means does that mean we won't be going very hard at her in the, in the T20. Well,
1: you were actually the <laughs> only person to dismiss her in that one-day series. So how do you get her out? Is it just as simple as give you the ball and let you go to work?
0: <laughs> I wish it was that simple. <laughs> if it was that simple, we would have got her out in game three as well. No, look, it's um, you've got to be smart about how we how we're doing that. Um, you know, I think the short ball is probably something that we've identified as, as probably not one of her real strengths. Um, but we've got to make sure that we get that at head height, and um, you know, that's something that we'll probably look to implement a little bit. So, um, that's I guess where the seam bowlers come in come into plan. and um, outside of that, obviously. We always know that spin's a match-up against left-handers. So I think Eden Carson actually bowled really well in that, in those one-day games and just didn't have any luck. Um, so I think she's obviously a really good match-up um, against Jamari as well.
1: And how much of it is just – you spoke a little bit about those, those younger players. It is quite a young bowling attack. How much of it is just being able to weather the storm sometimes? I, I think it, you look at some of those – those youngsters and they won't have had the opportunity to bowl to someone who's striking at the best part of 200. How much of it is your physical skills execution and and how much is it maybe just that mental approach of being able to stay calm under that little bit of extra pressure?
0: Yeah, I think there's a real balance of the two, I think. Um, You know, they've – They've had this experience, I suppose, of having someone go extremely hard at them. I think another player that we probably think of that does that is Sophie, and she's obviously in our team, so they don't Mm. get that experience as much of, of playing against, you know, batters who will just look to hit you for six every ball from ball one. Um and so yeah, I think it is, you know, we've obviously got a lot of experience in in Sophie and Susie and And merely as well, I think, on the field, really getting around um, these younger players and and sort of, I guess, guiding them as much as possible and um, backing them as well. I think it's really important that we continue to back this young bowling group to to deliver. And we're going to have some good days and we're going to have some bad days. And we've got to roll that roller coaster as well.
1: Well, You've had plenty of good days throughout your one-day career. You are New Zealand's leading wicket-taker in one-day cricket, but currently stranded on 99. How special is number 100 going to be? And if you've got to pick, you can pick anyone in world cricket who you want to be number 100. Who are you picking? Uh, That's a good
0: question, actually. Um, I would have taken Jamari the other day. That would have been nice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Look, I guess if we look realistically, uh, Meg Lanning is always a good one. Um, she'd be nice to be 100. But we, we head to South Africa um, as, as our next tour, I guess, for one-day cricket. And so someone like Laura Wolva, I think, is a phenomenal player. So um, to come up against her, if, if I managed to, to get her and she was the 100 that would be quite nice.
1: Yeah, nice. You're actually sitting on 48 T20 wickets as well, which puts you number four all time. Sophie Devine on 87, number one. Lee Casper 65, at number two. And maybe a name that might surprise a few people, Susie Bates, 49, is number three in the list. So key for you, you've got to get the ball early. Try and take a couple of quick ones so you don't leave, Susie, the chance to, to mop up the tail and, and maybe beat you to 50.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually know that I was on 48. Trust you to pull out the stats there for me, Frank. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, i I hope to get the ball before Susie, that's for sure. um, And hopefully pick up a couple of wickets and beat her there. But um, look, the names that you've just read out are all fantastic players. They're all here in the squad and hopefully all get an opportunity to, to get the ball as well. And um, I guess at the end of the day, personal milestones don't matter too much. It'd just be nice to, to get a win and especially a series win over here in Sri Lanka.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, what changes can we expect between one-day cricket and T20 cricket? What style of play can we expect from the White Ferns? Does it change too much in, in the slightly shorter format?
0: Yeah, I think it does change slightly. I think um, in T20 cricket, you're obviously looking for wickets in the power play. Um, that makes a huge difference. Um, we know that if you can get get two or three in the power play, it puts you in a really good position to, to win games of T20 cricket. And I think with the batting, it's just all out aggression um, to a point, you know, we have to, to go really hard. We know that if we're batting first, we're going to need a lot of runs on the board with the form that Jamari's in. Um, and, and if we're chasing it, I sort of gives a little bit more um, leeway to to weigh up how you go about that chase. But um, we want to play an aggressive brand of cricket. And I guess the T20s is the perfect blueprint to go out there and, and try and perform that.
1: And hopefully that means a little promotion up the order for yourself as well.
0: <laughs> Always living in in hope of that, Frank. Always.
1: That's fine. Just put the pads on. Just, just, get, just get prepared really early. And look, you've got the pace to just beat them out there if you have to. So you just, just back yourself. Well, I think sometimes we've got, to, we've got
0: to back the batters in there. But I think if we get to maybe 10 balls to go, that's when we might see me um, strapping the pads on a bit quicker than
1: normal. Ah, look, love it, love it. We are looking forward to watching it, that's for sure. We're sending you and and the rest of the team as well a a heap of good luck from us. But it really is a big thanks for joining us today ahead of that first T20 and, and just a big good luck for us for the T20 series. No worries. Thanks
0: very much for having me.
1: That was to Tahuhu from the White Ferns. Catch the First T20 on Sri Lanka Cricket's YouTube channel from 4.30pm today, New Zealand time. We will take a quick break here and then we will finish off the rest of the show. Of course, talking footy. We love talking local sport here at the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner and Trident Homes loves supporting it. Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life. And it's finals footy time, finally, in the Metro Premier Rugby Comp. And to give us the lowdown, it's returning favourite and one of the voices of the Integrity Unit podcast, Donnie Bell. Donnie, how are you and how pumped are you for finals footy?
2: Yeah, it's going to be going off like a frog in a sock, Frankie. I am absolutely pumped. Great to be on and you're too kind with the intro, but no, I'm good and very much looking forward to finals footy that time of year again and it has arrived. So some mouthwatering games coming up and a great last round in round 11.
1: Yeah, love it. So let's let's look back at round 11 and it was completed last weekend. Can you give us a, a, quick, rehab, a quick recap how those games went and, and where
2: teams have finished up? You bet I can. So basically, round 11 uh, was highly entertaining. We had some great matchups. We had Marist Albion, who had finished up in second place, who were playing Limwood, who have ended up in fifth place. It was a great game down at Edgar Mac with Marist Albion coming out. Winners 27-14 in a very hard-fought victory and a highly competitive game. High school old boys who have made a beautiful late run. Victors over Christchurch, 34-6, a much-improving young Christchurch side in that game against High School Old Boys, with High School Old Boys pulling away with three tries at the back end of the second half there. With the University of Canterbury getting the job done, 43-31 over Belfast. Lincoln University very strong over Sydenham, 40 points to 26 there in a high-scoring encounter. So those games were highly entertaining. New Brighton, the biggest shock in terms of the scoreline. Over Shirley, maybe not the result, but the scoreline 36-0. A perfect wet-weather footy side, New Brighton winning that one over Shirley. And Sumner going back-to-back, beating Burnside down at Burnside Park, 30-13. Of course, wasn't the greatest conditions. It was a beautiful sunny day, but pretty muddy underfoot uh, throughout the grounds in Christchurch. But a very nice uh, round 11 and a great way to wrap up the round, Robin, Frankie.
1: Yeah absolutely and of course now it is finals time so it splits top eight and then your bottom four so can you just give us a bit of a how does it work? How does it work with
2: the top eight now? Yeah so it's all going now these top four spots are pretty important uh, giving yourself a second life so we've got the qualifying quarterfinals here in the uh, Christchurch Metro competition. Number one top seed university play number four seed high school old boys, so that'll be a great game. University of Canterbury, credit to them taking out the minor premiership and winning the round-robin competition, and uh, a vast improvement, frankly, from the University of Canterbury. They've been a great young side, very well-rounded, and have performed and deserved that number one spot. High school old boys are on the rise massively. Typical high school old boys polar bears, late run. They have been winning some games back to back and looking dangerous at the back end of the season where they were far from brilliant and convincing earlier in the year. They have well and truly made up for it. So one place four there. University of Canterbury v High School. boys, have Marist Albion, who are always strong. They've been in the last three finals. They're an outstanding side, even though they've been a bit injury depleted. They are there and deservedly the number two spot. Very dangerous side, led by Captain Elliot Smith. And they're playing Lincoln University, who have just been getting the job done week in, week out, and they're flying under the radar, a serious threat. So two plays three. Now, basically, the sides that win those games get a week off, so they get a spell which is great oh, yeah, good. and two, two teams who lose will get another week so that's why that top four is really important so 1v4 2v3 then Linwood in fifth play Shirley in eighth at Linfield in the Battle of the East that will be a very highly anticipated game with a couple of big forward packs going hammer and tongs at one another there and New Brighton will be playing Sumner out Ralfity and uh Much improved Sumner side, uh, doing a really good job. Uh, It will be tough. They beat New Brighton the other week at Sumner, but this time out, they've got to play at Ralphity Domain. Always a tough gig going to the Seasiders there of New Brighton and looking to win there. So 5v8, 6 playing 7, and the winners of those games will get another pop. So that's just to explain that. Then you've got... Of course, the uh, bottom four sides who have still got plenty to play for, Sydenham v Belfast at Sydenham Park. Sydenham not quite going the way I predicted them to go, especially after their 82 nil drubbing at Christchurch. I think everybody would have thought after last year winning the Premiership they'd be a serious threat. It hasn't quite gone their way, but they'll play Belfast at Sydenham Park and Burnside will play Christchurch there at Burnside Park. So a couple of good games there and the two winners will play each other. So we've still got a few more weeks of finals footy. It's fairly similar to a NRL system type finals and I won't go into all the high technicalities because you'll be talking to me all day and you'll get absolutely nothing done. So we won't do that, but I'll tell you what, some amazing games, Frankie. Well,
1: let's let's talk on Sydenham just for a, a quick moment. Winners last year can't make it into the top eight this year. What, what was it that, that went wrong? They had to beat Lincoln University in that, that last game, didn't they? And they went down 40 to 26. But you know, they're, they're a pretty good side, This Sydenham side. Just, just where do you see that uh, didn't quite match up this year?
2: Yeah, they were missing a heck of a lot of players from last year's finals. Some of them came back, though, but they were missing uh, at least a solid handful of players, if not around mm. 10 of them. Um, obviously that's not the exact figure but that's how many, basically 10 players that were missing and just couldn't get the momentum at the back end of the season I think they had a couple of losses in a row as you mentioned before and alluded to the Lincoln University loss and just couldn't get it going enough they had some really good individual players and at times put it together as a team on the field, but just couldn't collectively put it together week in, week out. I think that comes down to how competitive that top eight is. It's a real bottleneck with any of those eight sides capable of getting the business done. So I think that certainly came into play. Oh, I mean, it's, it's great signs for, for
1: rugby in, in
2: this neck of the
1: woods, isn't it? That you've, you've just got quality across the park. But this varsity team, they've, they've been the big improvers this year. They, they've been the top team of the year. As you mentioned, they've picked up the, the minor premiership. They, they get the opportunity to have that 1v4 matchup this weekend at Island Fields. Does anything change for these youngsters? Or is it just going to st- just gonna keep playing some attacking running rugby? And, and they could just run everyone off the park.
2: Yeah, they've just got to keep going. They're a very dangerous side and they've just got to keep playing to the best of their ability and keep working hard and playing as a team. I believe it's been a real collective effort uh, all around from the University of Canterbury and now they've just not got to let nerves affect them and just believe that they can get the job done, Frankly, because they are playing a very strong high school old boys team mm. who obviously bring some real form coming in at the back end of this competition. So... I think for the University of Canterbury, they've just got to not be overawed by the occasion and just believe they've shown all season they've got incredible form. And I think and they've just got to pick that up.
1: Yeah, how, how much do you reckon finals experience comes into it? Because it almost looks to me when I look at that match-up that it's the the young fellas taking on some, some pretty experienced heads in their high school old boys' side. How, how much does... Finals footy experience just come into it at this stage of the season?
2: Yeah, it certainly comes into it in quite a big way, Frankie. High school old boys know they love a late run and they just simply know how to get a job done. So I think for university, they've just got to try and block that out. But I, I think it comes in massively for teams like high school old boys and Marist Albion who've simply been in finals and won finals. Lincoln University fall into that bracket as well. They know how to play in wet weather these teams and they know what they're doing come crunch time. And all three of those top four sides know what they're doing. Another side like New Brighton, they've been to a lot of semi finals in the odd final as well. I think they're the ones, the Albions, high school boys, Lincoln Unis, New Brightons for mine but just know how to play when it comes to crunch time in the wet and mud as well.
1: Yeah, that's the other element to it, isn't it? The season obviously starts off and it's warm and there's, it's pretty easy to play run rugby and rugby and throw the footy around, but we are well and truly into the wet weather stuff now. Who who does this suit? Is this, you know, all of a sudden New Brighton? Do they look like a bit of a, a smoky the that they could be,
2: yeah, taking the title? Absolutely. Absolutely, New Brighton are uh, one of those sides that play wet-weather rugby better than anybody. Uh, another two, I, I think, yeah, as I mentioned, Marist Albions, high school old boys, none of these sides will be overawed. They know exactly what they're doing in wet-weather rugby and it just won't affect teams like that. So definitely, i would keep a serious eye on your Marist Albions and your New Brightons this time of year.
1: Yeah, I, I had a little look at the draw, and so it's Linwood taking on Shirley, and that's two exceptionally proud clubs. Then you've got Brighton taking on Sumner, the Battle of the Beaches. These these two games, to me, they look like they could be absolute nail biters. There's going to need to be some dominance up front. Sumner's, of course, coming off a couple of, they've gone back-to-back wins. What do they need to do to make it three in a row? And out of these two games, who do you see going through?
2: Sumner have got to believe they've got the talent. They've c- certainly got a uh, uh, some really good young players. And uh, Delmeida has done a great job there. Uh, the coach coming in this season, uh, coaching for Sumner. They've just got to really take it to New Brighton and just play like there's no tomorrow. And there is no tomorrow for these teams. So Sumner could do it. I think New Brighton will tip that game. I think it'll be too hard... You know, love to be proven wrong, but will be extremely hard playing at Ralph Fitty Domain, And I think in the other game, Shirley, coming off a big loss, they will they will throw the kitchen sink at Linwood. But I think the Bulls are an absolute class outfit when they get things together. And I think Linwood will be a little tough there for Shirley in that Battle of the East. So I'm picking yeah, Linwood and New Brighton to win the uh, 5v8, 6v7. Yeah, well, those
1: are the big games, aren't they? Because that's really, that's win-or-go-home stuff. So those are those are definitely a couple of match-ups to keep an eye on. But, uh, Donnie, normally I'd ask you what sideline you're going to be patrolling at the weekend, but I hear that you're not. You're not going to be sidelined for these games. Uh, what are you up to instead?
2: Yeah, it's a funny one. I will be down um, watching a bit of Division Two rugby, so I'll be down uh, looking after um, some Div 2 rugby, so very much looking forward to that, helping out the blinders. There's still blinders, so I'll be doing that. But then I've actually got to duck away and I'm off to marry a couple in the Botanic Garden. So I'll be off uh, working as a marriage celebrant. I've got a 3.30 wedding, so leaving Division 2 rugby and heading off to that. So you never know, I might be able to duck down and catch a little bit of Division One rugby right at the end of that if I'm lucky. But no, I've got to go wet a couple, so it will be a very busy Saturday, Frankie.
1: Mate, right, how good is that? Well hopefully it stays dry in the afternoon. That'd be that'd be nice for, be for nice, the lucky couple and, and for you as well. But mate, it, yeah, it, it, it has been be
2: umbrellas or I have rain on the way so <laughs> uh,
1: it's meant to be good luck on wedding day though, to be fair, or is that just uh, maybe it's just one of those things you tell the the no, couple that's getting married. married. Yeah, they Absolutely do indeed. Insane. But uh, mate, Thanks, it's bro. it's been awesome to chat as always. We love hearing about club footy. We will definitely be getting in touch before the season finishes again <laughs> to really preview those finals matchups. But great to hear how the top eight's looking. Great to hear how it's looking, and and of course, just great to have a chat with you as well.
2: Frankie, it's always a pleasure. Very kind of you to. Uh, give me a call and have a chat and it was extremely exciting with any of these eight teams obviously with that opportunity to win and of course divisions right across Christchurch uh, finals will be coming up as well so that's highly exciting as the uh, weeks continue and with the North Canterbury and Ellesmere comps going so make sure you get down and watch your family and friends and get down to the local park if you have time Saturday.
1: Yeah, love that. Make sure you go and watch your club sport. But also, that was Donnie Bell from the Integrity Uni Unit podcast. Do go check them out as well. If you want to hear more about club footy, the Women's, Ellesmere, Mid-Canterbury, North Canterbury, if you want to hear about any club footy, the Integrity Uni- Unit podcast. Podcast is where you need to go. So that was your Trident Homes local sports update. Proud sponsors of community sport across Christchurch. Check out our modern show home plans and show home locations at tridenthomes.nz. We will have a quick break here before we finish up the show talking all things All Blacks with Brian Ashby. Well, the All Blacks take on Argentina in under 24 hours' time in Mendoza, first test of the year and start of the run towards the World Cup. So, of course, we're going to talk about it. We have to. And we're fortunate enough to be joined by friend of the show, sports journalist and commentator, Brian Ashby-Gash. Great to have you, mate. Thanks for joining, in, and how are you?
3: Oh, look, rocking along, Frankie, you know. it's uh, Yeah, it's just a great time of the year, isn't it? Ashes, Tour de France... Um Jero Donne with the Kiwi women and, and, and now, um, gosh, rugby championship. It's um, oh, And let's throw in some Wimbledon. We're living the dream, really, as sports fans. Yeah,
1: we are indeed. But I, I have to admit, I have heard that you might be in the, uh, the casualty ward. What have you managed to do to yourself?
3: <laughs> oh, terrible sporting injury. Um, uh, it involved bikes, um, watching them on TV, getting off the couch to get something to eat. And I tripped over and broke my toe. Um, so, so it's the most pathetic sporting injury, um, possibly in the history of sporting injuries, and I've got my toe, my big toe, in a splint, and um, yeah, get re X rayed Monday week, and we'll, we'll see how it's going. Oh, well, fingers crossed. I mean, they're not
1: fun, broken toes, <laughs> but yeah, they they never come about in a good way either. It's always a bit of a a slightly embarrassing tale to tell. But anyway, let's let's crack into it. Talking All Blacks, and I'm I'm going to start it off with a serious, hard-hitting question here. All Blacks World Cup jersey, yay or nay?
3: I'm neither here nor there with it, to be honest, because you see it from a distance, uh, and I don't even notice those other bits to it. Um, I've never been... The jersey debate has never sort of been anything that sort of wound me up in the way that it it winds other people up. Um, I'm I'm, I'm not fussed either way, really. It's it's just a black jersey with a fern on it, and and I, I don't see... All that other stuff, superfluous. So, I, in fact, I, I just don't even see it. So, it's not something that I see as too much of a drama.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. Now, first test of the season coming up. Is it just me, or does it does it maybe feel like the enthusiasm for this is is a touch lacking at the moment? Are we are we excited for this All Blacks test?
3: I, I think, as a rugby tragic, I am. Uh, you know, I think certainly living in this part of the world, um, there's there's a high on the back of of Super Rugby and. And what um, you know, Crusaders achieved, and, and a, a depleted Crusaders achieved using the, the depth of their squad and beyond. Um, I guess the last few years things have been a little bit underwhelming with the All Blacks. So, um, so it is it, it is kind of a slow start. It'll build as we get closer to the World Cup. But I think also the selection of this team, um, you know, I, I, it, it feels a little bit underwhelming. Some of the players that they have gone with. Um, it feels like a campaign team rather than a test team.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's where I was going to go straight away. Is there's been a lot of debate off the back of Super Rugby? Who's going to make the side? Who's going to play where? What are we going to see first test of the season? And what do you make of it? What do you make of the side that Ian Foster's named?
3: Yeah, I, I you know like I think like a great many people underwhelmed um, initially. Um, then I sort of step back and try and second guess where they are coming from as a selection team. And, you know, if you take the number two jersey, Dane Coles, how, I wonder how many more times will we see Dane Coles in the black jersey mm. this year? And I, I would argue you know, that the Canes were knocked out in the quarterfinals, um, give the other guys a little less time. Um, Coles is abrasive. We know he's got the history with, Pablo Matera. Um, now this is an Argentina team that's beaten the All Blacks twice, you know, in recent times. By the way, you know, but because that, that abrasiveness will suit, I think, this this particular game. Um, Josh Lord in the second row, um, you know, and and, and Tupu Tupu Valle on the bench. It's sort of like okay, um, but then you know you, you look. Well, Sam Whitelock's going to be there. Brodie Retallick's going to be there. Scott Barrett, the other first three. Big gap. To the next players coming through, it's mm. almost a 2024 selection in some ways. Make a point, prove that you are capable. You might have a long career if you're ordinary and a journeyman, and, and you're just filling up space in this test match. Um, guess what? You know your, your career sort of mightn't last too much longer. Probably the same for on the bench. Um, off Afasi of and and Lalala. You know they they were. Very disappointing for the Blues in that, that um well not so much Nepo Lalala but um the, the the blues pack. You look at the, the damage um the fallout on the back of that semi final loss to the Crusaders, those guys have got a point to prove, they need to be explosive, not just off the bench in this game, every time they come out now. I think you know, they're fighting for survival. You could probably say the same for Bowden Barrett at fullback. Will Jordan obviously is is, is waiting um to to to, to, to come back. Uh, Caleb Clark uh, is almost there by default he 's outstanding every second year. Um, unfortunately, this seems to have been the off year for him but but injuries i think have have, have sort of played into his hands. so you know I look at those selections i think ah oh, you know but but then from a campaign point of view i can i can I, I, you know, I think I can see where the selectors are coming from
1: And now i 'm hoping you can give us a little bit of reassurance here there 's I mean, as tabs we get accused of wearing the old red and black eye patch a bit, but there are more Highlanders than Crusaders in this 15 that's been named. Just reassure us here. This is Ian Foster, just trying to give guys another week's rest, isn't it? After coming off that final, in a pretty bruising final. This isn't what we're saying is is close to the best lineup, right? That's
3: that's no, where we're sitting no, on I, this. I, yeah, yeah, that's 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 where I'm sitting on it. Um, I, I think probably the you know the most. Interesting selection. It doesn't involve the Highlanders, uh, although it involves somebody that was born in Highlanders' territory. Is D Mac at ten over Richie Moanga? But again, is is that uh, you know, are they holding uh, Moanga back for South Africa? Damien McKenzie's played really well this year. I think one of the things that has concerned me uh, is that the freedom in which guys like Moanga, um, to a lesser degree, Bowden Barrett, certainly Damien McKenzie have played with in Super Rugby over, you know, recent seasons, we don't see it at all, Black Rugby. And um, whether, um, you know, that, that the coaches are too into their heads, they, they just don't seem to play what's in front of them to the same degree. Now, some people say, oh, that's Test Match Rugby. I, I disagree. Uh, I, I just, I, I think they just need to be given a little more license to be the players that we know, they can be. I remember one really outstanding Blederslow Cup test from Moonga um a few years ago but, but he hasn't played to his potential, I don't think, at, at test match level. Um you know, Bowden Barrett to me is, is you know, there was a time when I think he was the best bench player in the world, um certainly not a starter. Damien McKenzie still proved himself at number ten. So I think you know, I think there are still some questions in that position. I, I, but I do think the first choice at number ten, um, despite the fact he's starting on the bench this week, again second guessing the selectors. I get the feeling that it is, is Richie Moonga with the, the inside running there.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's one where the talking point it's it's just going to remain. It's going to linger there, possibly all the way through the World Cup as well. Is just what that makeup yeah. looks like. Bowden Barrett, Richie Moonga. Damien McKenzie, and how you best use them, what numbers they're wearing, what roles they fit. But if you had to put your selectors Mm -hmm. hat on, World Cup final gash, how are you lining them up? How are you using those three?
3: Uh, I I would have um, uh, Moanga starting. Uh, I would have McKenzie on the bench uh, and and Bowden Barrett wouldn't be in my match day 23 because my, my starting fullback would be Will Jordan. Yeah, well,
1: there you go. I think that's that's probably pretty on point, I think, from what we've seen in Super Rugby as well. But we will have to wait wait and see. But what are we expecting? What are we expecting from the Pumas? I mean, Mendoza, it's a sellout, 42,500. How much is there, that going to have an impact? And, and just what are we expecting from this pretty passionate Pumas side?
3: Oh look, um, fire and brimstone. You know, it's 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 blood, gore and guts. It's it's that's the way they play, and there's a there's a huge passion and 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 a massive physicality, and that's that's why I you know, go back to what I was saying. You know, before about some of the those guys in the pack, they absolutely, um, you know, that's why I think Coles, you know, wouldn't be certainly wouldn't be my first choice, wouldn't be my second choice either. But for this game, I think he's he's probably the man for the occasion. Some of these other guys, it's it's a case of now or never, and you know it's it's it, there's no running hot or cold. You can't start, can't come out the back of this test. Say, oh well, it was the first test of the season, and we, you know, we're finding out. No, you have to hit the ground running, and and you have to play like your life depends on it every time. So. I would be disappointing. I would be disappointed if, if, if there's a, a certain standoffishness and, and not being prepared to sort of. You know, He's rolling out the cliche here. Meet fire with fire, um, with this Pumas side, because we we know that that's that's what we're going to get from them.
1: Yeah, I've heard this this game being referred to as a possible banana skin for the All black side, and and. If you look at stats, yeah, you probably could say that. The two teams have met 35 times. One draw, two losses, 32 all-black wins in there. But I think that's being a little bit harsh on the Permas, don't you? They're, they're better than just a, a banana-skin team.
3: Well, the wins have been in recent times, haven't they? You know, if if, if the wins had been sort of, you know, in the 80s and yeah, you know, they fluke one in the eighties and got one in the nineties or, or ten or fifteen years ago. These have been in recent times. So this is against, you know, your, your contemporary all black team. They that they, they're the real deal. And so I, I think banana skin is, is a little disrespectful. I think I think they're beyond that now. Um you know, they they this Puma side is, is, is a quality team and, and, and they, they know that they've got the belief that they can beat the all blacks because they've done it twice. Uh, you know, against um, you know, recent All black
1: sides. Yeah, I completely agree with that. We want to see the All Blacks muscle up. They've, they've got to match that fire with fire, as you said. But how important is this game? Because I think if you win a World Cup and you, you've lost a game or five along the way, no one cares, but how much is it you've actually got to find a way to win games, you've got to get yourself on that winning role and actually take some momentum into a World Cup?
3: Oh, confidence you know it's 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 a it's a big thing um not just even even um even the in some ways even the wider rugby public because the players you know if if the performances even if a, a win is and it's an ordinary win you know they, they will hear the the the, the things that, the, despite what they say the the doubt from the public all those things it all seeps in you know and so they do have to sort of go out there and prove themselves. And I I mean, one of the things I often talk about um, and and I was wrong on two occasions this year um, is is that there were two Crusaders teams, the Crusaders team with Sam Whitelock and the Crusaders team without Sam Whitelock. And I think historically that was true, except this year on both occasions when they played the blues, uh, they didn't have Sam Whitelock and they went really well. Um, But I think, you know, it's one of those things with the All Blacks. Um, there's no Brody Retallick or Sam Whitelock. And that's why I, I just think it 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 is um it it sounds silly saying the words make or break, but for those second rowers, setting Scott Barrett aside, um, by on the bench and Josh Lord starting, it in some ways in game one of the year it's make or break in their careers. If they can't front up physically and, and match these these, these stroppy um, Latin Americans, then you know the careers at international rugby. They're not, they they won't be adding too many more caps to to their um to 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 their list. I wouldn't have thought.
1: Mm, yeah, lots to play for, that's for sure. Put you on the spot a little bit here. The Score prediction. What are you going for?
3: Oh, I think the I, I you know, I think the All Blacks will win, um, and and I'd like to say by around about you know ten points. So you know, let's let's say you know. 32-22, something, something along those lines. Um, you know, it's test match rugby. I don't, don't see a blowout either way, but it it, it will be a it will be a pretty tight game. Um, no two ways about it. This, this is a good, this is a good Argentina side, and, and you know we've seen in recent years that um, you know they're, they're a top-flight international team these days.
1: Yeah, love it. I, I mean, I think no matter the scoreline, look, the Pumas, they're going to bring the physicality, the crowd's going to bring the noise, and now it's just, uh, I guess, wait and see what the All Blacks bring to this game. But as always, Gash, it's, it's been brilliant to talk. We really appreciate your time. And, mate, take care and, and rest that foot up as well.
3: <laughs> yeah, just um, yeah, just be be careful getting off the couch, people. It's, it's, a, it's a dangerous business.
1: <laughs> love it. I'm with you, Gash. I'm predicting an All Blacks win, but... A close one. Only five points in it. How about you, Jacob? Where do you see this one going? I'm going to predict 28-10 to the All Blacks. Ooh, I like it. Very, very specific. Let's see who's right come this time next week. That's the end of our show for another week here. Thanks again for your company. It's been a freezing morning here in Christchurch. Hopefully the day gets better. Have a great weekend and do join us again next week for the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner.